Tyler, what are we not going to do during this episode? We're not going to touch the table. Okay, so you're going to keep your hands to yourself? Maybe. Okay. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. Discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, and I'm a four-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete. And I am recording this at my house in Chester County, Pennsylvania. I'm Tyler Held. I'm a professional groom and a mental toughness coach. I'm a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation, and a practitioner of CrossFit, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and daily meditation. I'm also in Pennsylvania, where Emily just cooked me a delicious vegan dinner. Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh. I like just threw some stuff together, and it worked out. Those so. are the best meals, actually. The ones like yeah. everyone always stresses out and has like a recipe, and they're like, "I'm gonna make this big production out of it." But nine times out of ten, the best meal that you are gonna make is like, "Here's what I have in my pantry. Let's throw it together and create." I so agree. Unless you're a horrible cook, in which case, <laughs> take some lessons. Right. Um, so I was just thinking, is this going to be the last time that we, we record at my house this year? Cause you're, no, we'll, we'll, we'll be here we'll do the November, November okay. because I won't leave till like the second week of November. So okay. we'll just have to do another one last one at yeah. the house. Cool. Well, maybe we can do something special for that. Uh, yeah. It's I don't know what, but November. we're clever. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll think of something. Yeah. So anyway, for those of you who follow our social media, you know this month's topic is preventing burnout. For those of you who don't know, check us out so that you can stay in the loop. As always, thanks for tuning in. We really love our listeners. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. As we stated in our introduction, our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. We start start each episode checking in on some of the goals we're working on, which we discussed in episode one. Then we talk about books we're reading and how they teach us about life and horses, and then we'll dive into the main topic. We round out each episode with listener questions and actionable advice, so if you ever have any questions, be sure to reach out to us on social media. Speaking of reaching out, we got, I think, three new five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, which is super exciting. Yeah, it's it was pretty overwhelming, um, and I think we just need to read them all because they were really fantastic. Um, So go for it. We had a five-star review from Kate who says, I cannot say enough great things about this podcast. I love listening to Tyler and Emily. They complement each other so well. I found this podcast through Emily's interview with Major League Eventing, and I've already listened to all of the episodes. It definitely puts me into a different positive mindset for managing riding and life. They cover so many interesting topics and are really down to earth about tackling challenges. I love you guys. Keep up the good work. That's so great. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then, like, thanks to Major League Eventing for doing the interview and, like, helping us get some new listeners. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, because this, um, this other review says, New Fave Podcast from Our Horse Med and also found us through Major League Eventing. She said, I've been a fan of Corvette and Emily for a while. It wasn't until I heard her interview on the Major League Eventing pod that I found this podcast, and I'm so glad I did. The content is relatable and inspirational and is delivered in such a positive way. Currently bringing my way through the episodes and loving it. Highly recommend this podcast. Again, so sweet. Just doesn't really get much better than that. (laughs) Do you want to read the last one, Emily? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, so it's titled Knowledge, Action, and Discipline, and it's from Christian. And he says, thanks for sharing all the valuable info you go through in your own experiences, studies, and reads. A growing mindset is definitely what I consider to make a difference in improving as athletes, horse people, and humans, so keep up the good work. I'm sure your example will encourage many others into bettering themselves. Um, and then he says, hope this makes sense. My English is in the process. <laughs> um, thank you. But, you know, <laughs> the, we get the jit. Like, that was good. Actually, Christian sent me a message on Facebook, too. Yeah. And he, uh, he was really very quite complimentary and sweet. And so we really appreciate yeah, that, that we feedback. Do. 
Well, that was great. I kind of feel like we're just bragging on ourselves at this point, but we're actually not. We're just reading what other yeah, people have. Yeah, other to say. people said this about us, so <laughs> there's your ego check right there. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> let's move on and bring us back to earth. Okay. Well, let's talk about how we're just goal crushers now. Oh yeah, we are goal crushers. We've checked off some lists. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> Um, I guess I've officially checked off my take a week-long vacation with PJ goal. Um, probably some of you had seen on social media that like I posted some pretty cool pictures of the wedding that we went to in Wales, and it was like it was epic. I don't think I'm ever gonna go to a wedding like that again. It looked crazy. I mean, it was like I I, I could talk about it for a while but like th- let me just tell you there were people dressed as horses like walking around <laughs> the cocktail hour and then like it was just at this beautiful old English or Welsh estate and like uh, it was crazy it was it was amazing so I'm so glad that we went and um I think the the big thing of it all was there was this amazing fireworks show at the end of the night Mm -hmm. like put on just for them and it was like could give Philadelphia a run for their money it was it was so cool but um anyway so I checked that off and um let's see the other one that I'm really trying to check off is the vegan cooking class but it's been a bit challenging because the place that I found in Westchester hasn't um put any new classes out there yet so I'm I really want to go to that place because it looks good yeah but I did find another place that also looks good and um they do Indian cooking classes and they have a vegetarian night okay and there's one Friday November 8th at 6 15 are you in I I will try to be I will try to be because we will likely be packing for Florida okay but if I can get my life together and be done to get to Westchester at 6.15 on Friday, November 8th, I will be there. <laughs> okay. So we'll take that as a soft yes. Soft yes. Okay. I'm excited. And there is one thing I am sad to report I'm not going to be able to cross Here off. Here it is. Here comes the, you know, negativity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being realistic at this point. Um, sorry. If you're hearing, like, click clacking around, my dog is not being very helpful to our podcasting process. Hi, Cole. He's just like walking around. Um, anyway, so I am not going to be able to cross off my ICP certification this year. It just didn't work with my schedule. There were only a few dates for like the training and, um, they all conflicted with my show schedule. Um, so I guess I had to prioritize and the show schedule was more important. Right. Um, so, but I'm hoping that next year some of the dates will work, or if not, I might have to get creative and see uh, see if I can get some people together in the area. Maybe we could host a clinic. But yeah. Because they do I feel that. like there's enough people in this area that, that would benefit from getting their instructor certification. Yeah. That... So putting it out there, might try to organize something. Yeah. Because they really just need like someone to say, hey, I'll host this, and then they'll bring the... Um, people that do the actual training and certification. So, problem solver. All right, well, so we'll move that to 20 goals yeah. for 2020. <laughs> exactly. Which That's have you started thinking about? I have. I have I've to. been thinking about it since like January since 2nd. Since 19 goals in <laughs> yeah. 2019. You're like, wow, yeah. what 20 goals am I gonna do in 2020? I was thinking about it the other day. There's, yeah. um, whenever someone tells me that I can't do something, it usually becomes a goal of mine. And so I was grappling with this like 200 pound blue belt um, in jujitsu the a other male. day. Yes, a male blue belt. He said, you will never arm bar me. And I was like, challenge accepted. It's going on 20 goals in 2020. And I will arm bar you, Justin, look out. <laughs> I don't even know what an arm bar is, but I'm... You'll do the research. Okay, it's okay. I will do the research. You just haven't read the book yet. <laughs> exactly. Okay, Called so, out. <laughs> Tyler, how um how are your goals? Okay. Going? I literally have the dirtiest pants on as she I'm really recording does. right she now. She looks like she was in a war zone. I was. I came from paintballing today. So not only is that a nineteen goals in twenty nineteen, that is 
on my bucket list, which now I kind of realize why it was such an anticlimactic thing to have on my bucket list. Not to downplay, like I had a wonderful time today. I went with an old friend of mine and like it was great catching up and you know, it was fun, but it wasn't quite like the raw experience that I was hoping for. Yeah. And I kind of don't like the rule. Like, so the way that you play the game is you get hit with a paintball and you're out. Right? So what do you do? So when you get hit, you're done. So you're just trying to shoot out other people. Oh. Um, and so I was like mostly hiding behind barriers and like then I'd pop up and shoot. And I never actually got hit. The worst part about paintballing is like actually getting hit with paintball. But I never yeah. got hit on my body while I was playing. Huh. I kept getting hit right in the mask. So okay. I would just like have a paintball splattered across my goggles. And then I'd just have to sit there until the ref would like wipe my goggles off <laughs> after the round. And it was every single time that I got out, it was on my goggles. People are playing dirty, yeah. shooting you in the face. Yeah, they oh, were. It, and it was, it was fun. Um... I would kind of want to play more like paintball capture the flag though, where like you're going and like shooting each other with paintballs and like, it doesn't matter like that you get shot. Like that's just part yeah. of the game because you know, if you get shot in the first five seconds, then it's not very fun. I didn't, yeah. but like, then it's not very fun. And, and then you're kind of just like playing conservatively and peeking up. And yeah. so I did have someone shoot me in the back at the end, um, oh, just yeah, to I see how it felt. I did. I did get a bruise. Yeah. I don't, it hurts. Wait, Hold on. You, after it was all done, you're like, hey, can someone shoot me? Yes. I was, like, we were... So this didn't happen during play. This, like... No, I played 10 rounds of paintball without getting hit in the body, which I think is actually impressive for a first-timer. Um, like I, I mean, you did get hit I did get face. hit in the face several times. But there were rounds that, like, I didn't... I don't think I killed anyone either, but... Okay. That's good. It's fine. Um... I had some I had some shots. I was sh I was shooting the paintball gun and everything like that. But yeah, I was like I really want to I really want to feel what it feels like. And he was like, "Well, it it's better in the game. Like it hurts less when you're like actually moving around and doing something." He's like, "If you just start running right now, I'll shoot you in the back." So I just started. That sounds horrible. It was great. It was great. Um, oh my gosh, we have different definitions of that, but that's why I love you. Um, and then the other kind of saga goal that I've been working on is organizing my retirement funds. Um, and so I think that I might be able to do it. Um, but my IRA is like up for renewal and there's, I think only a week that you can like take it out and put it into different mm. mutual funds if I'm using the right financial term. Yeah. You're not asking the right person. So um, I'm going to believe you but I that. I think I'll be overseas while that happens so mm -hmm. there's a chance that this might not happen in 2019 but Rob I did buy the book that you suggested the richest man in Babylon and I'm reading it this week so and then I want to read it after and then I will hopefully be inspired to be a financially responsible human being which I am pretty good with my money the fact yeah. that I even have an IRA at 25 as a professional groom is pretty impressive. Yeah, I commend you on that for um, sure. So yeah, the other goals were just kind of chipping away. I'll yeah, have... it's kind of that time of the year where it's like you've got, uh, I don't know, you know, you've checked off all the easy ones. So it's now just... we're just like, bring on 2020, baby. Yeah. So anyway, but uh I think we've spent cool. enough time we on that. We, like, went that was an intro, guys. Our, our um, goals. Books, books, books. Books, books, books. Everybody's favorite part, maybe. Mine. I like One it. One of them. Yeah. I have lots of favorite parts. Anyway, let's um, keep this show rolling. So the book that I read this month is Rising Strong by Brene Brown. And um, I became interested in Brene's work after watching her Netflix special, the Call to Courage, and if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. She just is like, she's so fun to watch and listen because she's really relatable and she just like gives you this confidence that you can just go out there and be the best version of yourself and I don't know, I just really kind of connected with her thoughts and that sort of thing and so um, my sister had read this 
book and she sent it to me so I had it to read on my trip and um, anyway I'm really enjoying it um, yeah so basically to kind of summarize the book she um, it, it's about how to rise strong after you fall or fail which oh, is inevitable perfect for horses for exactly. sure exactly um, so, and it's basically when you have, um, a fail, a failure and you're like face down in the arena, that's a term that she uses, like from the Roman days, you yeah, know, when yeah. people are fighting to the death and you're face down in the arena. Um, so anyway, basically just recognizing the power of emotion and then doing the work to understand why you're feeling the way you do when you're in a bad situation and then how to use that to like actually rise stronger so um and there's a lot lot in in the book um but one she does talk a lot about mindfulness and I I'm just gonna read you there's this definition that she put in here um it's actually was a definition written by the University of California Berkeley um but she references it and it is definitely um, a very good description of what mindfulness is. So here's what it says. Mindfulness means maintaining a moment-by-moment -moment awareness of our thoughts, feelings, bodily sensations, and surrounding environment. Mindfulness also involves acceptance, meaning that we pay attention to our thoughts and feelings without judging them, without believing, for instance, that there's a right or wrong way to think or feel in a given moment. When we practice mindfulness, our thoughts tune into what we're sensing in the present moment rather than rehashing the past or imagining the future. So, I don't know. That's like the best way yeah. to describe it, I think. So, that was really helpful to me. And, um, again, using that mindfulness to, like, pick up on your emotion and all of that. Well, and I think, like, too, that's the biggest thing that people struggle with trying to be mindful when they're riding or doing any sort of actions. Yeah. It's like... Um, the, the quick definition that I always say for mindfulness, which is close to that, is moment-to-moment non-judgmental awareness. Yeah. So it's like you're in the moment and you're not judging yourself for what you're doing. Yeah. That is much shorter. Yeah. And, but still, yeah, touches on the same points. I yeah, like yeah. it. So there you um, go. Yeah, and then one other big thing that hit me in this book was what she calls the hypothesis of generosity. So when you're dealing with difficult people, which can be a huge part of like when you fall or fail, you know, a lot of times it's your interaction with others. Um, but anyways, basically she's saying, what is the most generous assumption you can make about this person's intentions or what this person said? So instead of like jumping on the defense right away, like if they say something that might offend you or you know they they do something to you like if you can kind of give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit and try to like step into their shoes like you don't know what everybody like what's going on in their life and why they they acted the way they did um and so if you can kind of again be generous with people and like don't let people walk all over you but right. try to go into situations like that um, and also she talks about, you know, taking the mindset that people are doing the best, um, like doing their best with the tools that they have yeah. at the moment. So, which is a little hard because sometimes you're like, really, is this person doing their best? But they yeah. may not have the tools to like figure out how to act better or, you know, yeah, treat people or, well, you know, and I think I've said their this, emotions. I think so. I've used this quote before um but Eleanor Roosevelt has a quote that says like people will accuse you of things that you never imagined so that's like from the other side of it like someone who like has really good intention yeah gets accused of being an idiot or malicious or whatever and it's the interpretation on someone's side so having that pause to be able to take oh you know, like, that might not be that person's intention. And, you know, not saying that the world is full of people with good intentions, but if we believe that, 
it opens more possibilities yeah. for positivity yeah. in our lives. And then she does talk about like how you need to set boundaries so that people, like if you come in with this positive mindset, that people don't take advantage of that. Right. So, um, but anyway, that's, if you guys are interested in any of that, it's a, it's a really good read. So. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a lot of things that can apply to horses. I mean, rising yeah. strong. I when, I when I fell off my horse at the training three day and I was really upset, my boyfriend at the time um, took the clip from Batman. That's like, why do we fall, Bruce? It's the old butler guy. And yeah. He's asking Batman, why do we fall? And uh, the answer is so we can learn to get back up. <laughs> and he loves the Batman thing, nerds. Batman. <laughs> All right, Tyler, let's talk about your books. Okay, so um, I read a book called Own the Day, Own Your Life by Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus is a high performance. He owns a human optimization company. Um, so the book takes you through a day of like optimal performance with life hacks, but it's more... Um, it's more like for the everyday person than yeah. the elite athlete. Um, so simple things like drinking a large glass of water with um, lemon and sea salt in the morning to like alkalize your body, um, which I, I've done a couple times. I haven't yeah. been consistent with it, but I will say um, it's. I find it to be refreshing and helpful. Yeah, I mean, so, I would drink that. You know. Um, I do recommend this book, but sometimes I do have a little bit of a problem with like the hacks. Um, because I think that, so, you know, you can't substitute hard work in some yeah. situations. And I think the mindset that we have for like looking for the easy way often creates a problem because like then when actual life problems do occur, you don't have the skills cause you're like, Oh no, I'm just supposed to be able to hack this. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for, you know, like there's a principle of uh, 80% of your results should come from 20% of your efforts. So we're not slaving away. We're not like grinding yeah. the gridiron, but at the same time, like, I don't know, Aubrey Marcus was like, you know, you work out and then after you work out, go ahead and like help yourself to your glass of wine. And like, yeah. I'm like, is this every day, every day you have a glass of wine or, and you know, anyways, I'm just from not the a, non-drinker. from the non-drinker. I was <laughs> like, like all right, wait a second, Tyler. All right, Aubrey. Um, <laughs> There was a there was a couple more things in there that are like a little bit taboo. So yeah, um, I just want to warn everyone that not everything in that book is how I would optimize my life personally. Right. But maybe five years from now I'll look back and be like, mm, he was right. Yeah, trying to keep an open mind. Anyways, um, the other book that I read that I really enjoyed um, was called "The Ghost in My Brain: How a Concussion Stole My Life and How the New Science of Brain Placid." plasticity helped get me get it back um so I was working with a rider who has had a bunch of concussions on some mental coaching and I thought it would be a good idea to get a little bit more education about concussions um so I have a few more books to read in the upcoming months about concussions um and more of the science behind them this one was interesting because it ended up being um a story of it's a professor Mm -hmm. And he got rear-ended, um, like, just was in a car accident. He decides not to go to the hospital. And, um, like, he doesn't really know that he has a concussion until his life is, like, completely altered and changed. Yeah. And he has so many doctors tell him, like, you know, after two years of having a concussion like that, you're just, like, this is just how you are. Hmm. Um, and he really had, like quite a bit of struggles in the book of just like daily functioning and um it was it was an interesting read because I feel like a lot of riders unfortunately have suffered concussions and you never really get into how it affects their everyday life yeah um and I mean he was definitely fighting through a lot as far as how he functioned on a day-to-day -day basis so Every, every morning he would wake up and he would ask himself one question. He said, what are the names of my children? And he had five children. And so he said, some days I could name all five children in six seconds. And some days I had to go through this long mental process. And like, then he'd kind of know how much he could handle in the day. Yeah. Um, but at one point he's kind of going through trying to name his children and it's not a good day. Um, and he says, 
The mantra went something like, you have brain damage, Clark. There are things you simply can no longer manage, so don't try. Don't push yourself too far. I had practiced giving up for several years now, letting go of some of my responsibility, but it was contrary to my nature and never came naturally. At this point in the exercise, the intensity of my mental work is grinding my tired brain down and I start to experience head pain and nausea. I'm perspiring from the effort. Several times I am reminded of the rule. Clark, you are in pain, so now you must stop. This is annoying. I know intuitively that it will take up precious resources to figure out what stopping means and how to integrate stopping with reaching my goal. I don't have time for that. But as I continue and my distress level rises, my need to address the rule becomes overwhelming. I finally pause to briefly mull this over. But now something really interesting happens in considering should I stop now? Another absolutely clear elemental rule pops up. Clark never gives up. So who am I? I ask myself. I can't get it. I have two conflicting rules. It's too much work to figure out, and it's draining too much energy from the problem at, at hand. In the end, I stop trying to be someone I don't understand and just continue instead with solving the problem. The increasing pain and the well-intentioned rules are nothing next to who am I. So this is like so perfect for leading into our topic of burnout today yeah. because he's literally just like in this mental state of exhaustion and he's got these two rules he says I can't overexert myself because I have a brain injury but also I'm someone who never gives up and so the conflict comes and it's like who am I what do I do and I think a lot of times we tie ourselves to you know I'm the person that never gives up or I'm the person with the brain injury I can't do that much and we end up at these crossroads where we can't push too far in the direction because we lose our identities yeah. when we're not following the rules we've made up for ourselves in our head. So I think in sometimes sometimes in dealing with burnout, it's letting go of the rule of, you know, I'm someone who never gives up. I'm sorry, I'm hitting the table. <laughs> Tyler, that is one of the rules. Don't hit the table. <laughs> I'm hitting the table, but I am someone who energetically talks with her hands. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I I really, really, like, I was kind of struggling through the first part of the book, yeah. honestly, because it was, I was like, oh, this is cool, like, this is good, but this isn't really what I was hoping to get out of this book yeah. when he was telling his story, and then I hit that page, and immediately I, like, devoured the rest yeah. of the book. Nice. So. I mean, I think a lot of people can, you know, um, just understand that point of view of the conflicting. Yeah you know, values and rules and yeah. all of that. So that was, that's good. Good, good. Well, that does lead us nicely into the main topic, uh, preventing burnout. So uh, it's, it's that time of year. You know, we've been going at it for quite a while now, the horse show season. We've been going since January, yeah. basically, without much of a stop. Yeah. And, um, you know, the end of the season is in sight. But this is the time, at least for me, where I just, like, I'm starting to feel it and I need a little more motivation to keep going. Yeah. And again, we've talked about motivation. You need to act to, to create motivation and all of that. But, you know, just you start feeling it, you know, and it, like mentally, physically. And so what we wanted to do today is just kind of discuss this in more detail um, and just some strategies on, on helping you through burnout. Right. Cause I think as equestrians, we are usually type A people who are very obsessed with our work and like mm -hmm. constantly striving to improve or at least, you know, feeling like we have to stretch as many things as we can into a day. Yeah. Um, and I know that that is not always sustainable and um especially with the traveling and everything like that just jumping from one thing to the next um sometimes you feel like you don't get a breath yeah so what are some of the signs of um burnout well uh 
for me, it's when I stop enjoying what I usually love. Right. And like, this can be kind of a fleeting feeling, but you know, I'm like, God, I'm, I'm not all that excited to go and ride eight horses. Like usually I enjoy that, you right. know, um, or, oh, I don't want to jump Barry today, but that actually has never happened. I always want to jump Barry. I was going to say. But, okay. So if I'm ever like, I don't want to jump Barry, I am like burnt out. Then we know she's burnt then to it's a crisp. serious. Put so, a fork in her, she's done. But anyway, if, if you stop finding the joy in the things that you usually love, right? Um, I think that's the biggest sign. Yeah. I like that you put down here wondering what's the point. Um, yeah. Because I very interestingly, like, very seldom have gotten to that point of burnout. And I think it's actually almost going to, um, I don't know, like, that's a good thing that I haven't gotten to that point. Because yeah. every time, like, there's been weekends or weeks where, like, it just feels like everything's grinding out. And I've been working really hard. And I get tired, but I'm I'm still always there. I still always wake up and I'm still going and it's not like, what's the point? I'm like, I'm tired and whatever, but I know that I have my purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get into that later because that's a really important thing for not getting burnt out. Um, but like, I personally have wondered what's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've definitely, like not, not like I'm going to go jump off a bridge. Right, what's right, the right, point? Right. But just like what's what's the point of competing at a, a sport and I don't know how to say this without but like riding could stop in this world and like it it wouldn't it wouldn't really affect anything else you right. know like where doctors if they stopped working that would affect the whole world right. if like riders stop competing what, like, so what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, and that sounds negative. Like, that's just... But... No, I think we need to I get real people, about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just getting... I'm getting real. Like, sometimes you're like, this is an elite sport. Like, yeah. what is the point? And I think in those times, like, I always think about myself as a little girl. Yeah. And the feeling that I got from horses and like the feeling that I got going to Kentucky for the first time and watching everyone like jump around those jumps, not really having a clue what eventing was, but just having that feeling of, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And the community that I have here and feeling a part of something. And yeah. so, yeah, like what's the point you can say that about, you know, a lot of a things. lot of things. Yeah, you know how much money goes into football. What's the point of yeah. football? You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry football. for all the football fans. But I like I. At the end of the day, it's most well. It's any sport. Like, yeah. what's the point? But then, there is that the big thing of community and like being able to connect with people about things that you both enjoy and. Um, giving yourself something positive to do with your time. And I don't know, like you had mentioned going to Kentucky when you were younger and seeing that I was the same way. Like the first time I went to, well, it was called Rolex yeah. back in the day, but the first time I, I went, I just used a very neutral Kentucky. Yeah. Um, the first time I went, it was the same thing. I was just like, I hadn't evented yet, but I went and because I went with a 4-H group, and I knew, like, watching that, I was like, I want to do this someday and, like, just be part of it, like you said. Yeah. So, um, yeah, tapping into that and also just the people involved and, like, how life becomes richer, like, when you're part of something bigger. Yeah, and I think, um, again, I don't have the quote on my phone right now, but... Um, when I first moved to Pennsylvania, which like I'm coming up on my two year anniversary, I was in Phillips um, farm because I lived in the annex over there and I pulled out a book, I think it was from Burley or something. And it was, you know, it starts and talks about the history of the sport and everything. And it, um, it said that, you know, horses are supposed to make 
these military officials better leaders of men and by like learning the training and everything like that you know they they become better to interact with people and I've definitely felt that effect myself and the discipline and um, especially when you are going through like hard times mentally like you have like you have to go to the barn yeah um, and sometimes that will push burnout to a negative space of like okay wow I have to go again like I, I can't get away yeah. but I think also if you have other things going on in your life, it's a really positive thing because your horses need you. So yeah. you can like, I mean, it teaches great life skills. Yeah. Discipline, responsibility, caring for things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are, those are good things to remember. Um, but, I mean, I think we sometimes think that we're superheroes as equestrians, too. And, you yeah. know, we like to kind of brag about how many hours we work in a week sometimes. Like, you know. Um, yeah, like wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah, wear of. it as a badge of honor. But it it does actually take a toll on your mental and physical health. And, like, when you start to get to that point of, like, doing too much, um, there are definitely, like, physical signs yeah um for sure like sometimes I've um noticed for me that like if I just feel like I'm not even just physically doing a lot but like mentally doing a lot and I'm having to there's just a lot of mental stress like I can feel it like I'll feel physically fatigued even if I haven't worked that hard yeah you know what I mean and yeah, sometimes yeah. like I think we've talked about this before, how sometimes on your day off when you not when you're not doing anything, you're actually more tired. Yes. I think the mental fatigue all of a sudden sets in and then your body's like, I can't, I'm not doing it anymore. Because you've been running on so much adrenaline yeah. that it's like as soon as you stop, it's like, Oh my god, like I'm actually sore I'm everywhere and I'm dying yeah. and you don't understand. And it's kind of frustrating too. It's like, why am I so tired today when I literally did nothing? A third of what I usually do on or even yeah. less than that. And so just kind of coming to terms with finding some sort of balance in there. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's hard um, because there's a bit of this passion paradox, you know, like horse people typically love horses and riding and like for, especially for professionals, it's their passion and it's also their career. And so you're just putting in all sorts of time into it you know like where an amateur has a job and then they can kind of look forward to the barn as their other activity yeah but I think the burnout in professionals is is bad is worse maybe not worse but like can be very problematic just because you're just in it all the time yeah so and I think like to um as far as mastering crafts go, like even something that amateurs would face too, um, if as you're getting better at things, like at first it's really exciting because you can make so much progress at the beginning that it's like, wow, like last week I didn't know how to post the trot and now I can post the trot. Or, you know, a year ago I was only jumping two six and now I'm jumping three six. And, yeah. you know, there's all these progress that can be made and then you just hit the plateaus yeah and that's where burnout is likely to occur too because you know it's it gets less exciting when you're not seeing that improvement yeah it like so much improvement at right. a time that's where your 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 ingrown hair just... <laughs> and that's also like I feel when you're training a horse too that's why young horses to me are so fun because you see so much improvement like every day like they do something new and big maybe not every day but you know like you can just see this improvement where like with an upper level horse you're just fine tuning and it takes so much longer to like really see the result again your ingrown hair thing it's if you didn't listen to our last podcast yeah go listen to tune in and you'll know episode nine so um and then I think 
you know, people are, there's a lot of fear involved with admitting that you're burnt out. Yes. Because I've seen a lot of people work really hard when they clearly did not want to be working really hard. Yeah. And for me, that's when I look at them and I'm like, what is the point of that? Yeah. You know, like, what are you doing to yourself? Because like, where do you think you're going that is worth sacrificing the right now for? And that's not to say that every single moment towards achieving your goal should be like sunshine and rainbows and fairy tales. Yeah. But if you've hit the point of burnout, like we're talking about burnout. So you've hit the point where every day is exhausting and you're not feeling energetic towards what you're doing. Yeah. You're losing the joy in what you're doing. And if you're just sitting there saying, you know, if I take a break, I'll fall behind or like, I have to work this hard to get to the top. I feel like those are very negative thoughts to have. Yeah. Um, I think when you start having those thoughts and like, you just need to realize that you hopefully put in a lot of work prior to feeling like that. You know, and it's okay to take a day, to take a break. Like, taking a short break isn't going to um, lessen all the work that you've put in previously. Right? Superman does not wear his cape all the time. You are really into your superheroes tonight, <laughs> Batman, You Superman. know what? I was just hanging out with my old nerd friend. Nerd alert! So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so I think it's important... Um, that kind of going back to my book that I talked about earlier, like you want to get into that emotion. If you're afraid of taking a break, like why are you afraid of taking a break? Right. Are, like, do you think you're not good enough? Do you think you'll never rise to the top? I think you have to accept where you are in the process. And if you are burnt out, you need to figure out what you need to do to be able to bring the energy back to your work. Definitely. So let's maybe talk about some solutions and how to do that. Right. Um, I think a big thing is to have other interests. Yeah. So not to just be horses, horses, horses all the time. Yeah. You know, like you've got to have multiple pieces to your identity so that, you know, it gives you a little variety. Um, and also, like if things are going bad with the horse aspect of your life like you don't become incredibly depressed because like that's all you have and that's all you you know you don't have any other outlet so um I guess just pick something fun crash, pick, crash train your yeah, life exactly go back to that we're just tying back into our other episode um no, and I think it's actually really interesting. I've listened to a few podcasts recently that have talked about how um, you are a different person in different settings. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, your personality, like, when you're by yourself is different than when you're with a certain group of friends or doing a certain activity. And, like, a lot of people can freak themselves out a little bit saying, like, oh, like, you know, having these different identities, who am I? Um, so just kind of giving yourself the space. Tyler dropping a bottle cap. <laughs> I was trying to not hit the table, so I was holding the bottle cap. Um, like, having the space to be like, it's okay, like, this is who I am in this circumstance, and um, I work hard with the horses, but now I'm going to clock out and enjoy some time with my friends. Yeah. And that's great, like, because relationships are a huge part of your life. And if you're constantly grinding 100% towards that goal, I mean, it's the reason why a lot, there's a lot of mental health problems with um, Olympic athletes and people who do make it to the top because you, you push and push and push and you sacrifice and sacrifice and all of a sudden you've either achieved your goal or you haven't. And both sides of the spectrum usually ask, what was it all for? Yeah. So to have a purpose throughout, I think is really important. Um, and I also think like burnout, if you think that you can't take a break, um, 
like burnout is when you literally have taken a vacation and you come back and you still don't have the energy to yeah. do your job or you're on vacation and you're checking your emails and you're constantly worrying about what you should be doing on the job. Um, even if we're not saying like, oh, I'm burnt out. So like, let me just check out of my life for a week and then right. come back. That's not always an option, but a way to prevent burnout is to try to like take pauses in your life. So if you are going to have those extra interests, don't be like, oh my God, I have to do this. So I have something else in my life and just like run on all cylinders all the time. Um, be able to take a breath. And I think that ties into mindfulness that ties into a lot of things riding wise. When you sit on a horse, like you owe that horse the respect of not letting anything else that's going on in your life affect your training and your ride that's going to happen yeah. that day. Um, and it's actually, I went to a really cool seminar last weekend um, with one of the authors of a book that I read recently about jujitsu. And um, they had a little sports psychology session at the end. And they said, one of the reasons that we bow to the mat is to give respect to the practice and to bring like, your awareness to the present moment and like leave everything else behind. So I think that's yeah. really great to almost like, you know, bow to the mat in some regards in anything that you're doing. So if you're waking up in the morning and, you know, doing your meditation, like pause and like let yourself do that. Yeah. And don't think about anything else like, or, you know, don't engage in those thoughts. Right. No, that's, that's good stuff. Really good. Um, some other kind of solutions to burnout um, is to give back to the community that you're involved in or to like share your knowledge and teach others. And to me, this, um, this is like the most helpful to mm -hmm. me. When I can teach lessons, I just it re-energizes me and I really, I really truly enjoy it. And it like, it reminds me why I do what I do. Yeah. You know, like I want the girls that ride with me or the boys or, you know, whatever my students to have someone to look up to. Not like, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal, but you know what I mean? Like I want them to see what I do and like be inspired and try to work hard and then trust that I can guide them into doing this, the same thing if that's what they want and, um, or at whatever level that may be. Yeah. But, um, teaching really, really helps me. Um, and also, you know, there's research about how when you help others, it activates the pleasure centers in your brain. So it really does like feel good to help. Yeah. So. I know that like, I especially remember the last time that we recorded this podcast was right after a long horse show weekend. And you know, I, lo I love, I love horse shows. Last year when I had a vet tech job, I spent all of my time off at horse shows. So like, this is something that I love. It's something that I would do even if I wasn't paid to do it. Like I'd find a way yeah. to make it work. Like it's just something that I'm very passionate about and I enjoy doing and being involved in. Um, but at the same time I was like physically like just exhausted from the hours that I had put in and just coming here and talking with you and knowing that someone's going to listen and get something positive out of what we're saying and our experiences is like, you know what? I feel refreshed and I feel ready to like go put in another 16 hour work day because yeah. that's what gives me the voice to be able to connect with these people. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think, I think that covers that pretty well. Yeah. Huh? Preventing burnout. I mean, kind of um, the key topics. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about purpose already. Yeah. But I think it's really important to get very clear on your purpose. Yeah. Um, and I I read this book earlier in the year, and I think I mentioned it on Books, Books, Books. Um, but it's called Peak Performance by Brad Stelberg and Steve Magnus. And 
um, towards the end of the book, they have this great framework for creating your purpose. And like, I won't go into detail, but basically they talk about how to develop like core values and then turn that into a purpose statement. And like, they suggest having visual cues. So like write down your purpose and strategically stick it, um, in places where you need a boost. So I don't know, sometimes I have a hard time doing paperwork like that's probably my least favorite part of what I do you know like billing for lessons and and that sort of thing or um so maybe I need to go stick my purpose like right next to where you do billing I have to bill because you know it it ties in with my greater purpose of helping others and right and like that's the same thing of the um have to versus get to like as soon as you say like I get to do this so that I can do X, Y, and Z, then you're completely changing the framework and the energy towards what you're giving something. And, you know, that's why, oh, I I had, I have to w- wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go to this horse show. And no, you don't. You don't have to. <laughs> Nobody's holding a gun to your exactly. head. I was, I was literally at CrossFit the other morning, you know, I've been pushing my body and sometimes like I do do too much and I'm trying to learn to, you know, create this level of having enough stuff in my life, but not too much. And it's five o'clock in the morning and I'm running around the building and I kind of had a moment where I like had a big smile on my face because I said, you know what? Nobody's forcing me to run around this dark building right now. You know, like I don't have to be to work till seven and I, did, I chose to set my alarm and I chose to get up and I really enjoy pushing myself to the limit. Yeah. And, you know, this is, this is what I want to do with my time right yeah. now. I think it's important to remember you have a choice, you know, like yeah. we're lucky enough to live in a place where like we have options. If you're we listening can... to this podcast and you ride horses or you don't yeah, ride horses, you, have you know a someone, you have a choice. <laughs> you have a choice in what you're doing. So, you know, choose, choose what you want to do and be grateful that you're able to do it. Yep. So, um, yeah. All right. What's, what's your best, like, you know, I just, if you had, an hour, mm-hmm. free hour, you're like, I'm getting burnt out. Like, what would you do with it? Uh, I would either go to a yin yoga class yeah. or get a massage. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Both pretty self-indulgent, but yeah. good. Yeah. What would you do? Um, I, both of those options sound like fantastic things as well. Yeah. Um, if you want to spend $2 instead of 15 to 60, um, I would take like a hot Epsom salt bath and, um, like read a book. Yeah. Read a book in there. That actually sounds fantastic. I love like, and that's the thing I, okay, (laughs) this is, I don't even know. So I keep trying to go on dates. Right. Um, and like I'll, I'll match with these guys and they're like, so what do you do for fun? I'm like, I read, I do CrossFit, I do jujitsu, And they're like, that all sounds like work to me. I'm like, no, no. Like, you're not a good fit. Next. I'm like, that's so much fun. Like, I love reading. Yeah. Then reading is my just, break. Not your, so. not your bag. Huh. Anyways. <laughs> anyway. Well, should we uh, answer our listener's question? Yes. What is the listener question, Emily? Um, this is from Ingen. And she says, I've often thought it would be cool to hear what some pro riders do with their time when they're injured. Um, also, my runner husband has taught me a lot about restitution. What are your restitution strategies? Um, so basically, we had to ask for a little more elaboration on this. Yeah. Um, well, like, question, the, the, just, like, it's a good question. Um, we were just a little unsure of exactly what restitution means, but it's basically like, um, train going between high and low intensity workouts and like how to balance that and, um, you know, compensating for loss that, you know, if you've put in a really hard work gallop, whatever, like, what do you do then to recover from that? Right. Um, so yeah. 
What What do you think on that, Tyler? Well, as always, we're pretty good about doing this for our horses, and we're not very good about doing it for ourselves. Um, so I think you just have to kind of think about, you have to think about it in terms of, you know, you wouldn't do three gallop days in a row. So if you're going to have a 16 hour horse show day, you need to find a way to make the Monday after not last 16 hours. And I know it's so difficult because a lot of times you'll go to the horse show with one or two or three horses and then you've got your whole barn that just had to have off while you were at the horse show that need to be ridden. So like, I'm not, I guess like my goal for the whole equestrian is to make it really practical. Um, and so how can you structure your life so that you're not doing any extra projects on that Monday? Or maybe they could, some of the horses could go for a hack or, one of the biggest problems I think we have just like across American barns is not having enough staff. Yeah. And I think we need to just come to a place where we have enough people to make it so that not everyone has to work 16 hours, six days a week. And I, you know, that's an exact 16 is an exaggeration, but I think but it happens. It happens. It happens. And like 12, 12 hours, six days a week, like working 10 hour days, six days a week for me feels easy. Like 10 hour days, six days a week is great. Yeah. I would agree with that. You're like, Oh, that's 60 hours a week. That's That's literally 150% (laughs) what the normal population is working. And I think we just need to like, think about that for a second. Right. Right? Am I? No, I agree. Like, it shouldn't be that that is like, oh, that's an easy week. I only work 60 hours. And it's hard. Like, for professionals listening listening out there, it's definitely easier to talk about this than actually put it into place. But, um... Well, I think there's a lot of good people that are out there talking about how we can make the sport more profitable so we can kind of make these dreams a reality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to have enough money to pay more staff or, you know, you've got to figure out how that can work in your business. Um, but it's definitely worth really sitting down and thinking about. Yeah. Or, you know, sometimes it's hard finding the right number of horses, right number of people. It's just, it's always a balancing act. Um, but I think you need to give yourself credit as a human being too, from like working students, professionals, amateurs that are working 60 hours a week at their day job mm -hmm. and then trying to fit six hours of riding in as well. Like this applies to everyone just being more mindful to the fact of like, you know, we are working really hard. Yeah. And being kind to yourself and like giving yourself permission to like have an easier day like maybe you can't give your horse off that day or yourself off that day but like figure out how you can make it a little lighter yeah and like we talked about earlier having one light day is not gonna take away from all of the hard work that you put in previously and honestly it might actually do you some good because if you're constantly grinding away at yourself and your horse like it's just there's like a, a meter of productivity and like I think there's like a zone there. Um, So if you can find this perfect balance of working hard without burning yourself out, then you'll be able to continually come back every day and put 100% into your day. Whereas if you hit this point of burnout, you might still be working these long hours and doing everything, but all of a sudden you're only putting 50 or 60% effort in And you might actually have to take longer to get things done just because you're dragging your feet a little bit. Whereas if you can continually recharge your battery properly and like have your recovery strategies, you know, in place, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're golden. Exactly. Well, hopefully that kind of helped. Um, I don't know. We didn't really touch on what, um, pros do when they're injured. We kind of talked about that last 
in the last episode yeah, during a little setbacks. Bit. But just trying to, you know, make the most out of your time, I think. Um, um, most most pros will, like, I, I want to say, not to call your boss out, but Philip got injured at um, a polo match. Yeah. and. Um, he went and taught his clinics and everything like that. Yeah. And that's a great thing to do. Like if you can't ride yourself, go ahead and go fill in those clinic hours or teach or catch up on your book work. Or I'm sure there's a family that loves you that wants to see you and do <laughs> that sure. and give yourself permission to. Yeah. And also take the time you need to like actually rest. Right. For sure. All right. So, um, some actual actionable advice for the month is what we want you guys to to give a try all right in in this month uh, this is a hard month october to give this task i know it's it's october is usually pretty busy for us horse people especially in the eventing community but we would like you to schedule a day or a partial day if you cannot take a full day where you're doing something for the joy of doing it and by this i mean like it's not something that you're trying to get better at um, and so I actually, I was thinking about this. I was like, oh, like for me, like the things that I love to do, like usually I go to CrossFit or like go train, um, jujitsu, but like, or read, but all of those I'm trying to get something yeah. out of. Like I'm, I'm trying to get stronger or I'm trying to learn a new technique or I'm trying to learn something new mindset and I need to just like go it's, paintballing, which I did yeah. this afternoon. It's hard to like do things especially for like high achievers to yeah. like just do something. You know what's one it thing? It is very hard to just do it. Like you want to do it well and you want to get better. I <laughs> but... think like I always feel really refreshed if I take an afternoon to like go paint and pottery. Hmm. Right? Because I'm yeah. like not trying to like get better at it. It's just very mindful of like painting. Yeah. And doing... So that's one that I recommend. Um, also... I need to think about what. I really, whenever I, now that we've talked about this, whenever I do something, I'm like, I, I want to do it better. Okay, well, yin yoga, though. Yeah, that's true. Yin you yoga just kind of, like, good. get in a position and just do it. And massage. You're yeah. not getting better. You're just laying there. I so. also want to say that, like, while you're doing it, um, put away your phone. Yeah, that and is a good addition to this. That's what I like about, advice. Um, like, going to the gym is, like, that's, two hours out of my day yeah, that I no like, phone zone. I put my phone away. Yeah. And Good. it's great. All right. So what else cool. is going on in the whole equestrian life? Well, um, there are some other podcasts we talked about in the last episode. I was, um, interviewed on a couple podcasts, the Sonia Looney show. It just came out and I'm really proud of how it turned out. Um, so there's, I put a link on the Yes. Yeah, there's a I link. believe so. Um, I'll repost that at some point, but it was really cool to like talk with another high-level performer from a different sport. Um, like she's a world champion endurance racer and like she's awesome. Like I had such a good time talking to her and it was it was fun and different and slightly out of my comfort zone to like talk to someone who you know, she's asking me about the she horses, does, yeah. but she doesn't really know about horses. So it just like kind of came from a different perspective and it was fun. Well, what I, what I will say about this episode is if any of our listeners have horse husbands or friends who know nothing about eventing and you're sick of trying to explain it to them, it was a great explanation. Thank you. Yeah. I suppose this would be like a good beginner's like, go listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. It was... It was cool. So I really enjoyed that. And then um, I was also on the Major League Eventing podcast, and that just came out um, maybe two two weeks ago or something, and it turned out great. I don't I know when I'm going to post this. I so. can't say enough about Rob and Karen. They're amazing. So, And we appreciate that they have sent people our direction to listen to the whole equestrian. Yes, thank you guys, and welcome to all our new fans. Yeah. So, um, Tyler, you've got something pretty cool coming up. Yes, I'm speaking at um, an Empower Her Women's Retreat. That's on October 20th in Kennett Square. Um, it's super cool because all of the proceeds are going to like this charity that helps local women um, have treatments for um, breast cancer. 
and um, I'm just going to be talking about fitness and mindset and overcoming challenges and it's just something that I'm really passionate about because I feel like I've made a lot of really good changes and everything in my life thanks to fitness and nutrition and yeah. I love to spread the word about it. That's awesome. I wish that I could come in. But you're going to be, gonna there, be winning gonna, fair health. Well, so. fingers crossed. So, um, and then we have the whole equestrians first ever clinic coming up. Boop boop in Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Um, it's October 26th and 27th at Tammy Rousseau's farm. And, um, yeah, we have more information, and you can sign up on eventclinics.com. And I will throw this out there. Whole Equestrian super fans that come from over 100 miles away <laughs> will be receiving the first ever Whole Equestrian t-shirts. So. so we better start designing them. Super fans, <laughs> come on. Oh, goodness. We have a lot of work to do for that, but I'm really excited. So... And then uh, the annual convention for the USDA. We'll be speaking there. Um, Very excited. Coming up in December in Boston, which I love that city. So I'm, I'm really excited to spend like the weekend there. Um, on our next episode, our topic will be thanks and giving. Yeah. If you guys got the reference, I'm sure you did. You're smart listeners. It'll be November. Um, <laughs> but that that's really exciting. And speaking of giving, I am doing a fundraiser called Tap Cancer Out. Um, and it's a big, you know, it's a competition to see which gym can raise the most money. And I love competition. So do you, I have posted some links on the whole equestrians page. Um, and all of those proceeds, like 100 percent of the proceeds all go straight to Alex's Lemonade Stand, which is a charity that funds research for childhood cancer. So basically, if you're not donating, I mean... I mean, you can't put the pressure on people like that, but just, it is... It's, no, it's, no, I'm it, kidding. It is a good cause. I'm kidding. <laughs> it is a good cause. $10, people. Come on. <laughs> anyway, um, we hope you were able to gain some valuable insight on how to stay ahead of burnout. Um, as always, we love feedback, so check us out on our social media, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and give us a five-star review. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride.